Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head. Yeah, boy, it's June 17th and it's episode 169 and this is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast. Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast is the official podcast of the thefantasyfootballauction.com, the only website dedicated to fantasy football auctions. We've got a great show for you tonight. Tonight, we're going to break down the AFC East and we're going to take a look at one of the three Bs of the TEs. I don't know, I just thought it kind of rhymed with why I did it like that. But anyways, it's tight end breakdowns, bounce backs, and busts. But of course, well, but of course, there's only war analysts here. He's feeling well rested tonight uh, after that big trip to Toronto. Lister, how's it going tonight? Well, rested, uh, not well, but rested a little bit today for sure. <laughs> it was good to be home from that trip. Uh, the kids are fine, and but you know, after you've done all those things once. Uh, you don't, yeah. You know, for me, I wasn't as excited about doing them again this year. But yeah, it was a good trip. Good to be home, though. Yeah, well, I mean, we on our on our ride out, we hit an accident in the Trans Canada between ready for this White River and the Sioux, and so we were seven hours. The highway was blocked. Oh man, when did you so get we home? Were, well, I was on the way down, so thirty-one yeah. hours to get to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> on a stinky. bus. Oh, oh and it was, and with pukers too. Pukers. Oh, yeah. But we had Lots a couple of pukers on the way home, and they, uh, they stopped, we stopped three times probably in the first like eight hours or so. Like, uh, you know, we had stopped for food, then they got snacks, and then we stopped for fuel once we got back in the States, and they got snacks, and then we stopped to change drivers, and yeah. they got snacks. Well, their snacks were candy, 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 and pop. pop and candy. <laughs> yeah. And they just for shoveling that stuff in, like they're going home. I guess there's not going to be any treats like this. And sure, shit, they were puking. And I'm like, well, what the hell did you think was going to happen? You ate crap now for eight hours. Like, oh yeah, give yeah, your head yeah. a shake. But yeah, so that was yeah. fun to deal with. But uh, yeah. yeah, other well, than we that, got home about uh, three o'clock Friday. So yeah, the way well, home was note to self: if you do it again, if you ever go through the states, go go Friday to Friday because Saturday to Saturday. Both times of the lineup yeah. going across or coming oh, back yeah, was yeah. huge, right? So we walked across to get on the bus, and then I had them drop my truck off Friday night. And we drove it back, but we still sat in line for – it was huge, but it only took about 45, 50 minutes. But still, that's another hour out of my life. I could have been home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a lineup uh, for those of you listening uh, at our border crossing because of the uh, massive amounts of American – fishermen that come up this way so if you're uh, interested in doing some fishing uh blister's got a couple of holes he can uh, set you up with there and we've got some buddies that do some flying too so don't be afraid to hit us on twitter at fantasy auction if looking for some big walters some big wallies some big walleyes up here in northwest yeah. ontario <laughs> yeah a little bit of everything bass northern they like northern fishing oh. i know crop oh yeah trout you name it we got it all it's nice Maybe we should do a Speaking of that, uh, yeah, maybe we should. Uh, d- on a side note, uh, Stewie, one of the 
um, one of his clients invited him and a couple of the executives from his business up to northern BC to do some uh, ocean fishing in this like yeah. remote, amazing cabin. Uh, They're running twin be... two fifty outwards on the boat and fantastic. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Anyways, anyways, yeah. we're not here talking about fishing, but, uh, yeah. but like I said, we do have a good show for you tonight. Blister and I are going to break down AFC East. Uh, that's some stuff we've got located on the website, thefantasyfootballauction.com. And then we're also going to take a look at one of Blister's latest articles, uh, where he breaks down the tight end position, takes a look at breakouts, bounce backs, and busts. So Blister. If you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. Well, uh, Slim's not here tonight, Father's Day. I'm sure there was um, some preambles there. He's got the the young family, and so he fought down last week with uh, um, Eric Ludwig. Good pod, eh, Blister? That was a good pod, yeah. It was good, uh, good listening on my uh, bus ride. So they should do that some more. Yeah, every time we take <laughs> that trip, they should do so. Actually, I know Eric was fantastic. He's been in a few auctions already and uh, talking about some of the things he's seeing, some of the things he learned from last year. So uh, um, at FF underscore gouge, it was a really, uh, really nice listen. It's always interesting to listen back to it when it's our podcast, but we're not on it. I find that interesting. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, you know, I did a a mock there last week, and I wanted to do. I was going to do a mock again last night, but then I got too tired, and I signed up, and not enough people signed up, so I got out of it because there's no sense doing it if you don't have at least ten real people in there. Yeah. It gets just it doesn't get. It's just not realistic when the computers do all the bidding, and so the one I did, it was pretty full. I mean, people dropped out eventually, but it was it was pretty good. I got to do a few more to get a better feel, but uh, I was going to tweet that out. Uh, today and see who wanted to mock, but never end up like you say Father's Day. By the way, Happy Father's Day, Uncle yeah. Buckets, and you too, uh, never you did get around to doing that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And all you other fathers out there, that's, yeah, that's Happy Father's stuff. Day. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so hey, let's. Um, I don't have any soundbite or anything for this. We didn't even ask for any Twitter questions. I don't know if any came in. Some didn't send any, so we'll just screw that for tonight, and we'll just go straight to the uh, um, AFC breakdown. So listen to it. Check it out. Remember this, the gloves on the wheels of steel, he's reckless. I'm sure I could find some breakdown music for that. Maybe some old yeah. break-in music. Oh, break-dancing <laughs> yeah. music. I got something now. All right, it's good. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, so Blister, uh, one of the things we always do for the for the membership end of the website is uh, do a breakdown of each of the divisions. Uh, we do offer a few little freebies. We put... I fire some of them out there but it is something that uh, if you remember on the website you can download it's uh, in slide format so it's really easy to print if you want to do that too uh, really easy to look at on your phone or uh, on the computer so anyways we break down each of the divisions as we go through so the east is done now we're going to take a look at the um, sorry the AFC is done now we'll take a look at the east um, just at a global presence when you're doing this, uh, this task blister of breaking down a whole division, what are some things that, uh, you want to pay attention to just as a, what, what, uh, what, what are you focusing on? Well, a typical process for those who may not have been on the website before is I'll look at what the offense was ranked in the previous year and how many points per game they averaged. I'll look at their defensive rank and how many fantasy points per game they averaged and their overall record. And then I look at who they've signed as far as free agents go. 
who they've lost and some, and I'll look at the rookie, uh, offensive players that they drafted and I'll put that all in there. And then, uh, I have a little section called studs and values or, and then a second one called breakout and bust. And sometimes I change it just if I, you know, if I see more value or more breakout potential or more yeah. bust potential, I might list just those things. And then I usually end off with my two cents on well, how I think the team will do or fare for the year. So that's what I try to do. It's a quick breakdown. It's a quick uh, look. And I mean, I, I typically try to have that written up for June 1st and it's not something that I'll go back, um, too often in an update because I'll update things in my rankings. So for example, if I, you know, if I pick Zay Jones as a breakout for the bills, uh, and then he breaks his leg in August, well, right. it'll probably still say Zay Jones. I might go in and switch <laughs> it up, but usually what happens yeah. is I'll write a different article or I'll just update my rankings and tiers and, and, right. and change it that way. But it's something that, right. I mean, I like listening to pods or, um, you know, just breakdowns because sometimes people know, uh, something about what's going to go on with an offense. And sometimes I'll even, uh, actually I usually do a separate article where coaching changes. And we actually talked about that last week or last two right. weeks ago when we were on about how coaching changes could affect things and how, you know, some coaches like to run the ball more or the, the play is going to be up tempo and they're going to run a lot more offensive plays and things like that. Cause that can also be a factor. And sometimes, I mean, I guess, you know, when you think about it, when you're picking your studs, your studs are going to be your studs. Like your, your, right. your love bells and Zeke Elliott's, they're going to be a stud no matter what, cause they're good. They're going to get the ball, but it's, it's sometimes when it comes down to maybe that your wide receiver three, who are you going to pick between this guy and this guy or something like that? Or your, your RB two even or, or, or beyond. Like that's when you want to know, well, geez, you know, this team has a, a better, um, strength of schedule or the offensive coordinator has changed and it looks like this guy's been known for running the ball so I want to you know I'm going to give this guy the edge over somebody else so it's kind of handy when you do that uh when you're going into your draft right. all right so let's um you started talking a little bit about uh Zay Jones and the Bills let's uh start there so I mean this is stuff that you're going to be able to find on any website I'm sure or any sort of magazine but we break this down for you and but bring it auction style as we go through the studs and the breakouts and those types of things but key signings blister AJ McCarron Chris Ivory uh Jeremy Curley I mean uh AJ McCarron might be of interest to you in um huge leagues or two QB leagues uh they did lose though Tyrod which I think is going to take a hit there and we can talk about that when we get into other divisions and also Jordan Matthews, which you know uh, has made the move there. Um, big uh, draft is uh, Josh Allen, a quarterback um, who's going to be of uh, of interest there. Does he have the arms and the brain to carry us forward? So those are just some of the things that they've done in the off season. But blister, when you're taking a look at the bills, um, who stands out to you as far as auction values or uh, big studs that you want to jump at? Well, I mean, really, the only big name left they have is LaShawn McCoy, and he finishes. Uh, I think it's it was really the, the only seven. name they have on offense, right? It, it is so. Like literally, there's two. Um, there's two trains of thought, basically. One train of thought is, well, he's the only guy they got. They're going to give him the ball a ton, and he's going to be worth his weight in gold because he's going to see the rock so much. And the other train of thought is, yeah. he's 29 years old. He played you know, all 16 games last year and had 287 carries and 59 grabs. And he's been in the league for what's he been in there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. So on that frame of mind, 29 years old, entering his 10th season, 
can his body handle being the man? And I, I mean, I don't like anybody behind him. Chris Ivory, uh, Traveris yeah. Cadet. Like, it's scary. So, yeah, they might give him the ball a lot, but is he going to, you know, is he going to carry your fantasy team? And I, I think in this one, it's buyer beware because LaShawn McCoy, you know, he has been a, a top name for many years now and he's been very valuable. But if he brings down 45 or $50 in your auction, which I could see that happening close to the $50 mark, you know, there's other guys I'd rather invest 45 or $50 in, like uh, Delvin Cook, for example, or Christian McCaffrey, or somebody younger, you know, and, and uh, maybe in a yeah. slightly better offense that they have more options and they can't just stack the box and, and try to stop him. So I, I think, you know, like I said, when you t- we tie things into auction value, he's probably going to go, I think it's pretty safe to say, around $50. However, I think there's just too many question marks there with that offense to you know, think that that's a good investment and I would let somebody else, I mean, he's a perfect candidate to nominate early, uh, when people got lots of money and let him go. And even if he goes for 40 or 45 bucks, I'd still would be much happier, uh, getting somebody else that I had confidence in. So I can't, can't recommend buying, buying McCoy with confidence this year. Well, I even heard somewhere that he's asking for less touches. Oh really? Because he's uh, feeling he's getting um, beat down. So I wonder. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if and, yeah. and that Chris Ivory can do some of those things that uh, Shady does. He maybe, could. maybe not as well as Shady, but yeah, I mean, has a little get, bit of that in him. Ivory will get hurt eventually because he usually does. Ever since he was a saint, he, <laughs> he never could stay healthy, and I never did like him. So, and he will for a bit. But I think you know, if anybody else on that whole offense, I mean, well, another thing before we move on though, but Sean McCoy, yeah. you know, how many, how many touchdown opportunities is he going to get, right? We we have, I think, like you mentioned in the intro, Tyrod Taylor's gone. I think he was a big part of that offense with his legs. Like, he he kept the chains moving at times. He could throw. He he got a lot of, you know, he got no love, but the guy was a a nice fantasy quarterback for anybody that had him. Um, But I don't know, like, now if Peterman's a quarterback or eventually if Josh Allen's a quarterback, like, I... Like even even if they're good, you got to look at that that depth chart and say, well, what do they got to play with? Uh, yeah. Calvin Benjamin and Zay Jones. Zay Jones got some off field trouble. Then he had, I think, a knee issue that they were trying to get him back to camp for. Uh, let's see, Bills head coach McDermott said that he expects knee. He's got a knee and a shoulder problem to be ready for the start of training camp. Well, if Zay Jones is not even practicing with these quarterbacks right now. Like there's going to be, it's going to be pretty hard to have any chemistry if he's just hoping to be ready for the start of training camp. When other players and other teams, you know, they've been trying to establish a rapport for months now, and this guy can't because he's got knee and back, uh, knee and shoulder issues. So he's a guy that I would probably uh, definitely avoid. Um, Calvin Benjamin, though, I did mention him. I mean, who else are they going to throw to? (laughs) He's he's a big guy. Yeah. Um, but what's the quality of throws coming to him? Like, is he going to get 80 targets and only 40 of them are actually catchable and he catches 20, you know? So it's, it's a really an offense that you should probably just avoid. Leave it to somebody else. Uh, you probably could take a stab with Benjamin, like, uh, late in your draft. I can't see Benjamin costing more than $10, which right. is probably the cheapest he's ever been. Yeah. But you're going to get a wide receiver one for a, for a steal. So if he's on your bench and all of a sudden uh, things are working out well and you got a great deal and not at least I can, you're not going to waste a lot of money on him at least. So there's my well, take on the Here's what bills. I'm thinking. Benjamin is probably that um let's say towards the 
um, start of the second half of your auction draft, right? Guys are getting up, taking a leak. They're a few beers in. One of those guys that kind of gets lost, lost in the shuffle, you know, during the auction and you get him for five bucks rather than nine or ten bucks. And he does have that upside because he's the wide receiver one on that team. And he could be a real turning in your roster, right? So I think he's one of those guys you kind of, Stay in the weeds. Don't wait till the very end because that's when guys maybe have a little bit of money and they'll just be, oh, I'll pay $11 for them because they have that little bit of cash. But yeah, when, yeah. when there's that little lull in the draft, I'm thinking, what do you think? Well, I think that's perfect. I think, yeah, because like you say, he is a wide receiver one. So he should get the yeah. most targets on that team. Um, and if that means he's a wide receiver one on that team, but if he's a wide receiver three on your team, that's not a bad wide receiver three, especially if he's going to still get a hundred targets, yeah. perhaps. Like, chances are they're going to be trailing a lot, so chances are they're going to be throwing a lot. And I think that um, who are they going to, who else can they throw it to, right? Even if it's garbage time points, yeah. it'll help. It'll help the squad. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the eight or nine dollar range, I'm looking on Fantasy Pros right now because they have that uh, value over replacement uh, stuff going on so early in the auction season. So they have them at about eight bucks right now. So Blister, just a um, little bit of uh, um, comparison here. Are you buying Sterling Shepard for eight bucks or Kelvin Benjamin for eight? Oh, I'd take Sterling Shepard. Uh, Jameson sure. Crowder? Crowder, yes, definitely. I think he's going to get yeah. a lot of targets. Um, Alex Smith, he could be a, he could, he could be a borderline, like, uh, I'd say he's easily going to be a wide receiver too. Okay, uh, Nelson Aguilar. I don't like him. I want to, I'm going to skip him, but I'll take Benjamin okay. in that case. Yeah. Your, your boy, Mohamed Sanu. <laughs> I'll take Benjamin over Sanu. <laughs> okay. Um, so those are guys that are kind of in that ballpark right now as we're uh, looking at things. And then I want to do the same thing with, uh, Shady just cause I'm curious. They've got them listed right now around 30 bucks, which from what you were thinking, okay. I think in a real draft too, the name value of Shady McCoy gets more than 30, I think. But that's yeah. just for kicks. It's around, uh, running back 12, which I think is probably about fair. Yeah. Uh, so are you doing, uh, Leonard Fournette or Shady? I would do Fournette. Uh, Dalvin Cook? Oh, I, uh, I like Dalvin Cook. Definitely Dalvin Cook. Want to Freeman? Uh, yep. Freeman. Uh, Jarek McKinnon? Well, there's a thing. He's now all we're this certain, hype right? And, yeah, he's gonna, you know, supposedly could catch a pile of passes, but, you know, I've, I've never been a huge McKinnon fan. Uh, we've seen yeah. him live. He never impressed me, but, if he does catch a lot of passes, great, but I just, I'm not totally convinced that those other running backs can't eat into some of his touches yet. So he's a guy that I'm kind of nervous about so far. I, I, so I, you're I, shady not, over, shady over McKinnon? Yeah, a little shady, a little scared. No, no, but are you taking shady? Are you taking oh. shady? Is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I'm shady. Not you have to um, shade on McKinnon. <laughs> uh, Mm, I'd think I'd gamble. I'd still take McKinnon. Okay. All right. Not, not feeling good. So that's about it. where we are. I just wanted to see kind of where you were in, uh, yeah, in real life if we were on the clock here. The other day. So the mock I did the other night, uh, what, what are we just talking about? McCoy went for 42. Yeah. McCoy. Right. And I think the name value gets yeah. that. Yeah. There you go. Okay. For sure. 
Oh yeah, let's move on to the Dolphins there, Blister. So, uh, next up on this list is the Dolphins key signings this year. We got uh, Frank Gore, Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola. So a lot of, uh, uh, short, uh, short yardage, uh, receiving type players there. Uh, key loss is Jay Cutler, if you call him key, uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, Julius Thomas. And then as far as, uh, rookies being drafted, um, Mike Kazeki, um, is probably the biggest name there. We do see Kalen Balaj coming up in uh, rookie drafts as far as, um, dynasty stuff. His name does come up and might, might push, uh, push the running back position there a little bit. So Blister looking at the mm-hmm. Dolphins, um, what are you focusing on here as far as studs or values, breakouts, busts, those types of things? Well, I think the biggest key is the guy that left at Jarvis Landry and I think he had 160 some targets last year. So, where are they going to go? Um, so I think that that in that regard, you have to really look at Devontae Parker and or Kenny Stills. Um, Tannehill will be back. He wasn't their quarterback last year. Jay Cutler was. So Don't Tannehill. Don't you think Albert Wilson though can just can just fill in that uh, um, Jarvis Landry role? Well, that's that's the talk. But I, I have never seen Albert Wilson do anything that that I that can get that excited about. Like Danny yeah. Amendola is also there, so if Danny Amendola is healthy, he can also play in that slot role. And and so yeah. obviously that right there, that in there, him and Albert Wilson are, or uh, yeah, him and Wilson are splitting the targets. So you know, until I see Albert, I mean, not for team wise, but I'm just thinking about yeah. those targets though. Yeah, well, that's, that's where some of them could go, but like, and, until, you know, I mean, the thing is, Parker's been there a long time and he was a high draft pick and he should, should be better. He's just got to stay healthy and stay should on the field. Better. And, and Kenny Stills did pretty good last year with them and he's going to be yeah. there again this year. So the, the other guys are new to the offense and new to this quarterback and haven't had that time to build that chemistry like the other guys have. I just, I just think that until Wilson actually goes out and has a season, you know, where he could at least be a wide receiver three, I just can't see him coming into a new team and doing that. I, I mean, I don't yeah. see, I don't view him as that great of a football player. If he was, I don't think he would have been, he would be there. He would probably be with his team still. So, uh, right. yeah, I, I, I know he's, he's getting a lot of hype. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not on that train yet. Okay. All right. So, uh, and I, I agree with you. I think, I mean, Devontae Parker, I mean, if you can't do it now, I mean, for the love of God. Yeah. When I mean, is he really, going to do it? I yeah. mean, what else do they have to do for him? Right. Like, I yeah. mean, he's competing against Kenny Stills now. That's, uh, for the wide receiver one on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny <laughs> so Stills. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, and so, so in on Kalen Balaj, for instance, as a running back there, are you thinking about, him or Gore? Or do you mm-hmm. care about that backfield at all? Is it? Uh, well, I'm a little worried about just it. Just Kenyon I mean, Drake. That's the guy. Um, well, that's the thing is, I don't, I don't know that they even believe 100 percent in Kenyon Drake. You know, they they brought in Gore and they drafted Balage, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if Ken Bal- Kalen Balage is their starting running back in this year. And you know, Gore, we've written Gore off for how many years? And he keeps producing at a pretty fine rate. Um, yeah. I don't know, like that's got to stop at some point. And, and so depending on the price that you get him for, I didn't actually write down the price, but you know, I had um, Drake went for 21 bucks. Balage would go for a dollar at the end of your draft. Gore yeah. is going to be probably, 
seven or eight bucks. I'm thinking only, which is if he's your start, if he's a starter, then that's a pretty, pretty good price. And I think the offense overall right. should be pretty decent. Um, so I think they're going to get their opportunities, but yeah, again, another situation that I would, with my money, I would probably avoid, uh, Avoid the running backs unless uh, you take a stab at Balage. Uh, if you got a deep bench and he can, you can park him there for a while. Drake, I mean, yeah. even if he is healthy, I mean, Frank Gore is not coming there to sit on the bench either, right? Like, I mean, he's probably if Drake starts, Gore is going to still eat into his carries. What what are they got to save him for? I mean, they might as well squeeze every last bit of talent and and whatever he's got out of him before he retires, and so. They're going to use them, but that, that 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 doesn't bode well for Drake. Right. Well, and I just hate this part of um, the running back tiers as they're already coming out. This uh, I don't know if you're looking at the late teens, early twenties, just in that kind of ballpark. Kenyon Drake, uh, Lamar Miller, Alex Collins, Jay Jai, uh, you know, Mixon, yeah. uh, you know, like uh, I just don't know what to do with any of these guys. I just don't trust. Any of them, like I think, yeah, I, you know what I mean. I think if I'm going to get stuck yeah. with uh, having to spend in that, you know, fifteen to twenty dollar range or whatever it is, maybe I'm just going to not do it and pay for, you know, the, um, I don't know, like uh, if I'm rolling down the list, like you know, maybe Rex Burkhead and Tariq Cohen and Duke Johnson. You buy three of them instead of one of those guys, and hope one of yeah. those guys hit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're right. Like there's, it's hard to trust a lot of people in that group and that tier. You just don't know what yeah. you're going to get. Like the way I have them broken down in that tier, I have McKinnon in there as well. Joel Mixon, like you say, right. I mean, if anybody had a really good chance, if they use Joel Mixon properly, maybe it'd be him. Uh, I hate JJ. We mentioned that before. Mark Ingram is still, he does, he's <laughs> effective, but he's still, you know, he's going to be, uh, Alvin Kamara could see more touches. He's got four games. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Michelle. Yeah. Again, you never know what's going to happen in New England. Ronald Jones in Tampa, he could be great he, uh, just because of opportunity. Um, and Marlon Mack, I, I really, I worry about Marlon Mack too. I have him in that same tier because there's another guy who they've only drafted a couple of running backs in behind him and who knows if they, if they yeah. had a lot of confidence in him. I mean, obviously they knew Frank Gore wasn't going to stay around for, because of his age, but yeah, I don't know that Marlon Mack is definitely going to hold on to that number one job for too long. So yeah. Right. Well, and I just think, I don't know, instead of being in those murky waters, I'd rather just take long shots and maybe even just draft three rookies. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, might be right. That can hit. I think rookies are going to have just as much upside as these guys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you could take Balaz there, and and uh, you know some of, some of the other younger guys, and just or you could take uh, some of the um, Green Bay running backs and roll the dice and <laughs> try to get the right yeah. one. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I was, yeah, I was just going to say, like, yeah, take um, uh, um, you know, Jamal Williams. Take both. Take both Green Bay running backs in one hits. And, uh, and then see what happens there. I don't know. I just find that, like, I mean, Kenyon Drake, am I really going to spend 20 bucks on him? I know somebody that will. We'll have to get him out there. All right. So speaking, speaking of uh, muddy backfields blister, let's, uh, figure out what went on in the offseason here with the Patriots. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff in New England happened, you know, over the last few weeks here. 
We've got uh, Jeremy Hill new now. I've got Jordan Matthews, who's been a free agent signing, who I kind of am interested in seeing how Tom Brady uses him. They have yeah. lost Danny Amendola. The Brandon Cooks loss should be interesting. We'll see what happens with him and who fills the gap there. Deion Lewis is gone and maybe a little bit interested in him on his new team. And I guess the the strangest thing that happened in the offseason blister with your Patriots is they drafted a running back in the first round, Sony Michelle. So yeah. talk to us a little bit yeah. about New England and what happened there. Well, yeah, you know what? It, it, it's really uh it's a confusing it's a confusing offseason here in New England because they're you know, one minute they're talking about Brady wants to play and now he says He's not, you know, he's considering retiring at some point here. It's not going to play forever. And Rob Gronkowski, yeah. they're talking about he could have been traded. And there seems to be a lot of uh, turmoil or a lot of crap going on there. And I don't know exactly what, what the root of it is or whatever. But if you weren't worried before about some of the positions on the Patriots and how you can play them in fantasy, then I think you have more reason to be even more so worried this year. And yeah. like you said, Jordan Matthews is interesting. Um I wonder, you know, in my mind, they always talk about how complicated and how complex it is to learn this offense. So, you know, I think um, Chris Hogan, you know, he's he's the one that everyone's looking for to do, uh, you know, to get the biggest bump. And now Edelman's suspended, right? So Edelman yeah. would have been his go-to guy. He sees a lot of targets. But now, you know, now Edelman's suspended. That leaves Chris Hogan as the only real uh, returning veteran and he's got, you know, he hasn't had a ton of ex- time with the Patriots, but, uh, Malcolm Mitchell is back there, Philip Dorsett, Cordero Patterson, Kenny Britt. They got a lot of names. They drafted Braxton Berrios. I just worry any new receiver, rookie or new to the team, I would just worry about how much they can do in, in with the typically complicated playbook. So I, right. I'm not even sure where to go. Like I think, Right now, if I was uh, spending any money, it'd probably be on Chris Hogan. I, I don't think you'd have to spend a pile on him. Um, I'm just trying to see if I wrote down what he went for. No, I didn't write it down. But you know, I, I think he's probably going to get the most hype. He might run you close to twenty bucks. I'm I'm, I'm guesstimating right now. But again, like in, in New England, the scary thing is it could be all Rob Gronkowski one game. It could be all Hogan yeah. a game. It could be all Edelman when he gets back, and then. Out of nowhere, it could be Malcolm Mitchell. Um, it, it, they just move the ball around so much that how do you have a lot of confidence? The only confident or, or the only, uh, I guess, constant in that whole equation is if it's being passed it's by Brady. So right. if you have Brady, you should be pretty solid at, at uh, quarterback again for another year. But it's really hard to spend a lot of money confidently on any other position player after Brady and Gronk, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, what about Sony Michelle? Like, do you spend money on him, or is he just a flyer where you're only going to spend a couple bucks? Or, well, I think you know, depending on when you draft, I think as the season approaches, he could go for you know twenty dollars in, in that ballpark. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's drafted highly in some places, and he's spoke. You know, and people think that because they drafted him in the first round, that he's going to be. Um, uh, you know, they're going to use a ton of them, but it's the Patriots. Who knows what they're going to do? They'll have a different game plan for every team they played. I did, actually did draft him in the mock there last time. I got him for five bucks. So if I get him for five bucks, then I'm pretty happy yeah. with that. But, um, you know, you look at that backfield, like you said, just as complicated as the offense. Burkhead's back and I think he'll still get some touches, especially around the goal line. James White is going to still be involved. They got Jeremy Hill, Mike Gillisley, Brandon Bolden, Sony Michelle. 
Not all those guys. I can't see them keeping them all. You know, and some people think Mike Gillis will be the odd man out. Bolden, yeah. they like for special teams. Uh, Jeremy Hill, it'll be interesting to see if he can, you know, carve out some type of a role, but it's going to yeah. be tough. I mean, you draft a first round running back and you, you know, Burkhead and White should get their touches still. Yeah. It's a, it's a mess in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I mean, the backfield's always something to stay away from. And really we know that. The whole team for fantasy purposes is kind of a void, right? Yeah. Because, because of the consistency factor. So, yeah. um, speaking of a void, uh, the New York Jets is the last one in the division here, Blister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, key offensive signings. You got Teddy Bridgewater, Isaiah Crowell, Thomas Rawls, uh, Terrell Pryor. What a bust last year. Anyways, oh, yeah. um, did, they did lose Matt Forte. Um, ASJ is also out of there. Um, drafting Sam Darnold at the 103 was probably, uh, the move for the future. We'll see what happens as far as the, the present or the near future. Um, what do you think about the Jets? Um, they've got to have somebody to run the football and someone to catch the football, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I think that no matter what, I think, you know, I have a little more confidence in some of these receivers actually, because I think they're going to have a competent quarterback. Uh, Bridgewater's looking good. I think Darnold's going to end up being really good for them too. But Josh McCown proved that he was a, you know, he could move that offense last year. So I think he's going to be a, you know, that doesn't make you scared to own a receiver from the Jets because if they're not great, that might mean they might have to throw the ball a lot anyways. And that's a good thing for us. Um, they really don't have a, a tight end to jump, the jumps out at you. Uh, so I think that that's another thing that, you know, the receivers should get a lot of love. And I think one name that I don't even know if I talked about him, but, uh, last year he was picked to be a sleeper and have a bit of a breakout and then he broke himself. And that's Quincy Inunua. And I think yeah. Quincy yeah, Inunua. That's a value on here. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. He's expected yeah. to have a good year. Missed the whole season. Anyways, he could be an excellent PPR receiver that he's, his name pops up once in a while. But, you know, I, he's definitely not going to go for, uh, if you pay more than $4 for him, I'd be shocked. I think he's one of those guys you're going to be able to draft at the end of your, end of your auction for two, three bucks. Uh, maybe even get him for a dollar in many cases. Right. And I think he could be a guy that you could probably be playing if, uh, you know, if things continue to work, work well. Uh, if you look at that depth chart, Robbie Anderson, who knows if he'll see any suspension. I mean, he's had a bit of off field issues in one minute. It looks like he's, Toast, and then the next minute it looks like you know maybe he'll um, not be as guilty as the first uh, assumed. Yeah. But Drakers, when he came over from Seattle, actually did quite well for them too last year. And you know, prior, I don't know if he's going to develop much more. But behind him, Ardarius Stewart's another young guy. Chad Hans, another guy that you know those guys are capable. I think as well. So I think Robbie Anderson. I mean, if say they all play and play sixteen, he should be their wide receiver one and get the most targets. And Inunua could be a great PPR receiver. And, uh, you know, you could, I'm sure Robbie could cost you 7 to $10. I'm thinking right now, curse a dollar and Inunua maybe a couple. But that's not bad. Uh, you know, again, if you're paying only that much money for them, then they could be your wide receiver three. And if right. Robbie Anderson is your wide receiver three, I think in our league last year he ended up as a, uh, a running back, or sorry, not a running back, uh, a wide receiver too. I think he was one of the, the top fifteen. I think he, yeah, finished at sixteen wide receiver sixteen according to your uh, list here. Yeah, so that's that's pretty darn good. And so yeah, you can so, get that production. 
So, hey, you spend a couple bucks on Robbie Anderson, you spend five bucks on Calvin Benjamin, and then you, um, you go after Antonio Brown. And yeah, maybe oh. you play Robbie Anderson in a flex, uh, in a couple of weeks, and you play Calvin Benjamin as your three, but you've saved a bunch of yeah. cash so that you can go attack a real wide receiver one for your roster. Exactly. I think on, on, uh, and FF today they had him as 18. So I mean, even then, an 18th ranked wide receiver. I mean, that's pretty solid. I mean, it means there's only 17 better, and probably 10 yeah. of them cost you 55 or 60 dollars. So not, yeah. not too many yeah. people are going to have one or one or two of them. Maybe one team's going to have two. A few teams are going to have one, and then you know after that you got a, a strong wide receiver two on your team for yeah. very little, very Absolutely. little money. Yeah. So, Blister, that's the AFC East breakdown. That's going to be available on the website, thefantasyfootballauction.com. And, uh, um, we do that for all of, all of the divisions, uh, for the membership area. So, uh, I don't have that up and running just yet, but once school ends here right quick, I'll have some time to make sure I've got the membership area all dialed in and ready to rock and roll. Um, sure. hey, Blister, do you want to quickly go through the tight ends here? Yeah, I didn't write a whole lot on the article on tight end, so I'll All right. quickly. So this is the this is the T E B B B candidates, the yeah. tight ends, uh, um, bounce yeah. backs, breakouts, and busts. That's right. And I said, and then my first, uh, I guess, disclaimer was, uh, I will avoid talking about tight end bust candidates because, ah. in all reality, you're going to pay bigger bucks for Gronk. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. And in the, I mean, I don't see any of them busting. They could do to injury, but uh, you can't predict that. So I, you know, other than that, you're not going to have to pay a lot of money for anybody at the tight end right. positions. So if they bust, they bust. Who cares? I mean, so I, guess I always go back that it's a, this is a series for each position, the BBB for yeah. each position. And yeah. so in this yeah. particular position, no bust candidates on in no. the article because of that's the right. nature of the tight end position. I get it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, when I look back to tight ends, one of those positions that I'll most often, uh, you know, not spend too much money on or not draft too highly because I just find like you won the league a few years back and you never had a tight end all year long. Yeah. You picked up a waiver wire, like you barely got anything out of your tight end even. Yeah. And you won our league. And I bet you I finished since, with like yeah. a, a total of tight end 30. And that's yeah. streaming and it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And so since that point, I've myself have never really worried about it, a tight end too much. And, uh, and I've been quite successful. Like in our auction, I won like three of the last four years and in our yeah, dynasty and our dynasty, I won two of the first three years coming second and then coming third. So, and that's with not like right now in dynasty too. I thought finally this year I'm going to have a tight end. I got Hunter Henry and everyone's talking him up and then Yay! <laughs> ready. So very sad day for me, but so anyways, avoiding the bus candidates, I got a few names. I'll just throw at you. And I, yeah. I've got Tyler Eifert down here as a bounce back, but you know, if, if I, right now he's, he's still not really doing a lot and I, I looked him up and, uh, you know, they're just going to bring him back when they think that they should and when it's safe to do so. So they know that he's fragile and he's a band-aid, but you know that also that if he plays, he's a good, he's a good player. And th- there was yeah. a time when you didn't want to draft Tyler Eifert because he's always been injury prone, but you didn't want to draft him because he had a lot of hype. He was going to cost you 15, 20 bucks perhaps. And right. that's a lot to pay at a tight end position. If you only get two games out of a guy, cause you know, he's hurt, but nobody's going to pay that now. And he could be a dollar. And so if you get him for a dollar, 
why not? I mean, Tyler right. Eifert, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, he, he often is looked to in the red zone. And I really think that, you know, at that Cincinnati um, team, like they could be good, but there's still some question marks there. Like we talked about Joe Mixon. We're not sure how he's going to be used and what, what, how high a ceiling he has. John Ross, they drafted last year. He had negative points in fantasy last year. So <laughs> after that, like the only, the only guy they got is AJ Green. And, well, me, and I, I think Gio, Gio still is going to catch some balls, I think, because there's nobody there. Yeah, now. they have to. I mean, he yeah. has to be on the field for a certain amount of plays because there's really very little. So if Eifert comes back, he's going to be he's going to get plenty of looks and he's going to get plenty of targets. And as long as he can stay healthy, he's a guy that I have as a bounce-back candidate, especially knowing that he's not going to cost you much money. So if you, you know, you could – throw them up for a dollar and it's probably going to be crickets in your draft and if it's too late in the draft someone's going to say oh who cares I'll throw two dollars on the bum and nobody's yeah. going to probably go three so you got to throw them in at a time when you think you can get them or people are done with tight end or something like that but I mean if you got him for a buck and he played six to eight games for you and was uh, you know a tight end one or you know even a top eight six top six top eight tight end in those games it's going to be yeah. huge and then if once he gets hurt, you drop him. It's not a big deal for a dollar. So yeah, that's right. He's a guy I had. I guess that was my only bounce back candidate. Right, uh, and you had three breakouts there, Blister. Yeah, I'll go through them fairly fairly quick. George Kittle at San Francisco uh, last year, forty three catches on sixty three targets, and that's pretty normal for a rookie tight end. But maybe even a little better. But I think uh, now he's had a whole season to work with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo likes to throw the ball, you know, in in San Francisco as well. I don't think there's a lot of guys that are, you know, proven receivers. I really like Pierre Garçon this year. I really don't know why people aren't talking about him on Twitter or on all these expert shows. I really think, I mean, Jimmy G threw the ball a ton, and I really think that Kittle has an opportunity to be the number two option behind Garcon this year. So he's another dollar tight end that could, you know, put up uh, tight end one numbers at the end of the year. Uh, Ricky Steele's Jones is another one. They got a new offensive coordinator in Arizona. And prior to that, you didn't really ever need to own a tight end in Arizona because he never got the ball. But I think that's going to change this year. And if he's got Sam Bradford, Bradford is good to find the tight end. Um, and if he's got Josh Rosen, well, a rookie quarterback often will lean on their tight end too. So mm-hmm. both both options are good. New head coach, new offensive coordinator, new t- new uh, quarterback. So I think you know he could get a lot of looks. Uh, and I also have Na- David Njoku down as a breakout. Again, there's a lot of – what worries me in Cleveland is there's a lot of receivers there. there a lot is. of most of all, all of a sudden, that offense is pretty scary. Yeah, it could be. And, you know, Tyrod, if he starts at quarterback, he found Clay quite a bit in Buffalo. And I think that Njoku is obviously a way better talent than Charles Clay was. And yeah. um, if uh, Baker Mayfield starts, again, you got the rookie um, – uh, quarterback. And you know what? Last year he played all 16 games. He finished as tight end 24, which is not bad. I mean, we know that no matter what tight end, rookie tight ends don't more often than not, almost I'd say 90, 95% of the time don't really produce to the extent that they can help your fantasy team. But he's got a year under his belt now. 
they got a lot of offensive weapons and he's a lot, a lot of talent. So I think he's got a chance to really jump into the, the, uh, tight end one status again, because there's so many miles to feed. I would hesitate to say that he's going to be a top six or top eight, but he could definitely get into that 10 to 12 range. And again, right. that's pretty good in your 12 team league. If you get a tight end one out of that for maybe, I think because he's a kind of a bigger name, I think he could cost you three or four bucks on draft day, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, that's still not too bad. No, not too bad. And yeah, incredible talent, right? So if yeah. they if they use them, so, and then what happens to Duke Johnson and all of that? That's well, that's a whole other ball game. Yeah, there. That's like, a whole other. Yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> what is going to happen? Well, they, they, I don't know. they just signed Duke Johnson to a bigger uh, contract extension, right? And then they they have um, they brought in Carlos Hyde, right? Yeah. And, and, and then um, they they drafted Nick Chubb, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, like I guess out of all the rookie running backs, like there's some really talented rookie running backs that got drafted. You got to really be worried about. I, I would say Nick Chubb, out of most of them at this point, like he doesn't have a clear path to the starting role. Yeah. Uh, I mean Carlos Hyde. I mean people are throwing him to the curb already, but geez, I, he was he was. Uh, when he was drafted at San Francisco, I mean, he was a high name in the draft. Like, he, like you know, when people were drafting him and talking about him in rookie drafts and how talented he was and how, this and that, and that's what just yep. kills me every year. You know, you go in these dynasty rookie drafts and every year this, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy, oh, that. and then a year later, you know, oh, they get a brand new kid drafted and it, he's he's all that, and and it's just like yeah, yeah, they there's they're just they everyone talks the experts, the analysts, the NFL, whatever they all talk like these rookies are the the best things since sliced bread. They're gonna just do this, do that, and then like most of them don't don't even work they don't out. Do anything? They, yeah, know, absolutely. Like, it just seems so hypocritical. Like uh, <laughs> just get out. <laughs> well, I guess you got to talk about something, right? You got to be excited yeah. about something. Yeah, I guess so. Which reminds yeah. me, Blister, I yeah. got a new truck that we're going to be driving next week, and it's well, got the Fantasy Channel in it. Oh, sweet. I, yeah. I, uh, well, Shar said she talked to KL somewhere and said, hey, we'll take the new truck. And I said, new truck? Becca never told me you got a new truck. Oh, oh wow. It just came in this week. So, uh, um, well, it didn't just uh, come in, but she just did the yeah. paperwork while we we're in Toronto. So, a 2018, yeah. uh, Ram fifteen hundred night edition. <laughs> well, you know that old rust bucket I've got. I'll be driving that for forty more years. Yeah, that's <laughs> this one too. I said to so, Kieran, "Well, I'll be well into my fifties, so that'll yeah. be okay." Char, uh, Char's dad was here for a few days, and you know how my riverbank kind of dropped off on the one side that filled. Yeah. So he was yeah. all nervous and panicky, and well, I, I do, I do need this. I got to get something done with it. I got to fill it back in because it's the last little bit. It pulled my deck a bit away from the house, but oh. it really dropped in the neighbor's yard, and it, <laughs> it did a lot of damage. Like the deck is torn off, and the shed is fallen over now. And, oh no! And I, and I don't know why because it's been perfect there for a long time. Anyway, so Terry, Terry phoned up a gentleman, and uh, a gentleman had brought some fill here when we built the house, and. I mean, I kept telling him I never got a bill, never got a bill, never got a bill. And that was nine years ago. So he, he comes over today and he says, yeah, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, I still got that, you know, that bill. I did look it up. And so now, uh, before I even get a bucket of sand or anything, I'll be paying like three grand. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And then, then <laughs> so, yeah, so I'll probably be dropping a lot of money on just dumping it over my riverbank, literally. So that'll be a lot. Of, that's really fun. But I, yeah, I think I, I, Breeze a lot easier if it was fixed, but yeah, no new truck here for a while. I, I, it'll be sad. Well, yours is so, fairly yeah, new. Uh, it's seven years old already. Is it really? That's what mine yeah. was. Yeah. 
mine will be 14 the next time we talk. Yeah. Long term. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Buster, yeah. that breaks down the AFC East. We talked a little bit about tight ends. Um, we'll get both of those, uh, two talking points up on the website. Hopefully tonight while I get the pod rolling too, it's got a, I got a busy night yeah. in front of me before I hit the, uh, hit the sheets, but that's yeah, all right. Sir. I'll open another beer and away we go. Um, there you go. Hopefully next week we've got Slim on and all three of us will be uh, back at her as per usual. Um, I'm actually driving for soccer really? Sunday, but I'll be home, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. U-12s, baby. Good, sounds good, yeah. Uh, yeah, real deal. Anyways, so uh, that's what we got going on. So Blister, um, well, hopefully we'll see Slim next week. Blister, I will see you in the new truck next week for sure. Ooh. Woo! Yeah, happy last last week of uh well I guess we'll talk on the weekend before next week, but uh um happy last week of school blister. Yeah, thank you, man. It's gonna be a lot of work like you said. And if anybody wants yeah. more information on any of the AFC East or the tight end article with there's a lot more details that we just brushed over the surface, they can go to the website and dial it Absolutely. in. Absolutely. dot com and if you want to hit us up on Twitter, we are at fantasy auction. So Blister, um, yeah, I don't know, I guess I'll, uh, well, I'm sure I'll be getting emails and, uh, texts from you during the week and hopefully we'll see each other on Sunday. And yes. for the rest of you, I'll see you when it's springtime in the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies, I'll be coming back.